Cardology is now presented by Sardine, and I couldn't be more excited. You'll get to meet their founder, Soups, and some of the team later this quarter, and you'll hear a bit more about why they've caught the attention of some of the smartest fraud leaders I know throughout crypto, fintech, financial services, and e-commerce. Thanks again to Sardine for supporting this episode of Fraudology. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Fraudology Podcast, where we dive into the science and study of online fraud from the perspective of an e-commerce fraud fighter. I'm Carice Hendrick. Several Fraudology listeners have reached out asking me if I am going to cover the mother of all breaches. And to be honest, when it was first announced a little over a week ago, I wasn't sure because when the information first came out, it said that it was all information from old data breaches. And I'll explain more about what all of this is in a minute. But as more information came out, especially on January 29th, it seems that it's a lot more than that. And then I've been hearing from several sources that credential stuffing attacks are up by quite a bit in the last week or two. Not only that, but the number of accounts that are for sale, um, accounts to various e-commerce sites, accounts to various banks and financial institutions are up over 500% on dark markets. So all of this creates a perfect storm and says, well, maybe the mother of all breaches really was the mother of all breaches. Maybe it really was bigger than we first thought. And that's why I'm going to do a bit of a deep dive into it today. So if you haven't heard about this, and this really, honestly, the official name of this is called Mother of All Breaches, Moab for short. That's also the name of a really cool national park in Utah uh, in the US. But for all intents and purposes today, when I say Moab, I will be referring to this specific breach. Um, so I'm going to read a little bit of this article from Cyber News, and then I will um, provide a little bit more context. The supermassive leak contains data from numerous previous breaches, comprising an outstanding 12 terabytes of information, spanning over a mind-boggling 26 billion records. The leak, which contains LinkedIn, Twitter, Weibo, Tencent, and other platforms' user data, is almost certainly the largest ever discovered. There are data leaks, and then there's this. A supermassive mother of all breaches, Moab for short, includes records from thousands of meticulously compiled and re-indexed leaks, breaches, and privately sold databases. The full and searchable list is included at the end of this article. The reason the full and searchable list is included at the end of the article is because those 12 terabytes of data were released out into the wild. They weren't sold for anything. They weren't. They were just released out into the wild, allowing cyber criminals to really go wild with it and package them up in different ways and use them for all different types of scams. And I mean, in one case, I know of a fraud fighter who said that they have received notices that at least. Well, and I don't know if it's several. I don't know if it's thirty accounts or thirty attempts, but several of their accounts have had more than thirty attempts of login by not him in just the last two weeks. He knows that because he is signed up for multi-factor authentication on every account that he can. And he's been contacted for MFA 30 times in the last two weeks. I have asked him for more details as far as, you know, what type of accounts those were and um, all of that. Haven't heard back, but that's pretty insane to me that he's received 30 multi-factor authentication attempts and that hasn't been him. Uh, just in the last two weeks. 
And like I said, that could be for five accounts that he has. It could be for one. It could be for 30. I'm not sure. It just said attempts, but still that's wild for one person to have that many. A cybersecurity researcher and the owner of securitydiscovery.com together with the cyber news team has discovered billions upon billions of exposed records on an open instance. Even though at first the owner of the database was unknown, Leak Lookup, a data breach search engine, said it was the holder of the leaked data set. The platform posted a message on X or Twitter saying the problem behind the leak was a firewall misconfiguration, which was fixed. According to the team, while the leaked data set contains mostly information from past data breaches, it almost certainly holds new data that was not published before. For example, the Cyber News Data Leak Checker, which relies on data from all major data leaks, contains information from over 2,500 data breaches with 15 billion records. But the Moab contains 26 billion records in over 3,800 folders, with each folder corresponding to a separate data breach. So 3,800 data breaches versus 2,500 that were already previously known and categorized. So that's, you know, 1,300 that either were private sales of databases that weren't known publicly or data breaches that hadn't been published publicly. So it does have a lot of new information. While this doesn't mean that the difference between the two automatically translates to previously unpublished data, billions of new records point to a very high probability. The Moab contains never-seen-before information. Researchers believe that the owner of the Moab has a vested interest in storing large amounts of data and, therefore, could be a malicious actor, data broker, or some service that works with large amounts of data. The data set is extremely dangerous as threat actors could leverage the aggregated data for a wide range of attacks, including identity theft, sophisticated phishing schemes, targeted cyber attacks, and unauthorized access to personnel and sensitive accounts, the researchers said. The supermassive Moab does not appear to be made up of newly stolen data only and is most likely the largest compilation of multiple breaches. That's also known as a comb. So, you know, I've talked about this before that information from data breaches doesn't just get used and then destroyed. They get compiled into very large databases that can then be searched or can then look for patterns, right? So if they have... Uh, For instance, I looked up an old email address of mine in this database, and there were 12 known breaches to that email. Now, I've had that email for almost 20 years, so um, and I don't really use it anymore for lots of reasons. But um, just using that as an example, if there were 12 data breaches with my email address, and my password was similar, but with variations of the same words and numbers, it'd be pretty easy for them to then write a program or they wouldn't have to write a program. There could be machine learning, um, you know, unsupervised or even AI that could then guess what another, what the newer password would be. So if they do a credential stuffing attack and they try the passwords that they already have on file for my email address, they can then go, well, what else could it be that's a similar this, right? Like, do they always use the same you know, name of a person or the same name of an animal or the same phrase, but just with extra characters at the end or one, two, three, and then one, two, three, four. I mean, people aren't that sophisticated with passwords. So that's just one of the things that you can learn. Also knowing that different data breaches provide information in different categories. So one data breach may provide username and password. Another one may provide username as an email address. So you can link those to each other. But 
an address. Then another one might have a phone number or, you know, date of birth, social security number. The list could go on and on. So then they can patchwork these records together and say, okay, I want every piece of information that's attached to this email address. And now you can have a pretty good idea of who this person is and their information. And then you can repackage that and sell it. Or you can use that information yourself to commit identity theft or to access, you know, existing accounts with payment information on file or with access to banking account information, investment accounts. The list goes on and on. I mean, it's quite scary. And that's a big reason why uh, I know that several of you uh, wanted to make sure that it was mentioned on the podcast because this is not the best way to start 2024, not with 26 billion records. And these are not just in the US or in Western countries. It also includes Tencent and other websites that are in China or other parts of APAC. So this is worldwide. And I'm sure that out of the 26 billion, there are a lot of duplicates, but that's still a massive amount of data that no one has ever seen compiled altogether before. And, you know, about a third of it appears to be information that wasn't publicly available before. And that's the piece I wanted to hone in on because previous information said, well, this is all from previous breaches. So it was already known information. It's just that somebody put it all together. It still makes it dangerous, but it's not as concerning because in theory, those consumers and or the companies that those accounts are related to should be aware of it. But that's really not the case. I know I've been promising to tell you more about SPEC and why I invited them to sponsor episodes of Fraudology. And there's actually so many things that I want to tell you and will tell you over the next several weeks. But the first thing I wanted to make sure that you hear about is their Trust Cloud. SPEC's Trust Cloud protects the integrity of the digital user while simplifying the risk process. It allows you to discover insights across the entire digital user experience. It allows you to catch attacks early. With access to full visibility, you can scan visitor behavior across their entire journey to catch the risk patterns that traditional fraud check APIs miss. Visualize the flow of attacks, identifying areas to catch them early, and leaving bad actors with nowhere to hide. It also allows you to start each journey with instant trust. You can boost platform integrity by instantly welcoming return customers to their personal account experience, while your trust platform invisibly screens for signs of compromise and abuse. It also allows you to remove friction for good customers and increase conversions. By using a single source of truth, you can detect evolving fraud attacks and identify conversion drop-offs and optimize your payment strategy. The bottom line is when you're able to to see every customer's behavior from the moment that they enter your website until the time of checkout or when they open up a new account, you can identify that before the fake account is made, before the transaction is even made and now you've got a fraud transaction in your platform. It's honestly game changing and I'm really excited for more people to learn about it. So to learn more about Spec and this new technology and especially their Spec Trust Cloud, go to www.specprotected.com. So the article goes on to say, while the team identified over 26 billion records, duplicates are, are also highly likely, just as I mentioned. However, the leaked data contains far more information than just credentials. Most of the exposed data is sensitive and therefore valuable for malicious actors. And then there is a list of various breaches that had more than 100 million 
credentials leaked. Uh, that list goes on and on, but I mean, the biggest one is Tencent with 1.5 billion records leaked, and then Weibo with 504 million, MySpace with 360, Twitter with 281 million, uh, Wattpad with 271 million, NetEase with 261 million. Um, another one I'll mention is LinkedIn with 251 million user accounts. Uh, that was one of the breaches that my previous email address was linked to. Adult Friend Finder had 220 million records leaked. Zynga, the gaming company, Evite, Adobe had 153 million. Uh, my Fitness Pal had 151 million. There's a lot of different data breaches out there that I think are just really important to be aware of. And because so many consumers are using the same password and the same email or username, for multiple accounts, that makes it ripe for credential stuffing. And oftentimes what you'll see with credential stuffing is you'll see, you know, if you're on the business side, you may see one login from a device that you haven't seen before. And they'll just kind of check around. They'll look at the account. They'll look to see if there's a current credit card on file. They'll look to see if there are any stored value on those accounts, like whether it's loyalty points or a credit or a gift card, something like that. They'll look at the value of the account. So they're looking at all those things. And then oftentimes that account isn't monetized right away. Sometimes they'll change the password of it so that the real account holder can't access it. Other times they won't. They'll just, they won't make any changes. They'll just sniff around and log out. And then a lot of times what ends up happening is a few months or weeks later, another person accesses the account, another new device accesses the account. And that device is often the one that purchased the account and they're then going in to monetize it. They're going in to make a purchase on that stored value uh, or on that stored card payment method, going to transfer all of the loyalty points out to a master account. They're going to transfer money from you know this account to another account. That's when the damage is done. And that's typically what e-commerce and banks will see in credential stuffing attacks, but that's not always the case. And not all companies have access to device information or have it on record of what devices their customers have logged in on. Or maybe it's a case like one of the customers that was interviewed uh, when I told the story about the Iconic in Australia who hadn't logged into their account for over two years. And so they forgot they had an account with that company. And... I'm sure that, you know, even if the Iconic did have device information, which I don't know one way or another, but if they do have that information after two years, if you see a new device, that doesn't necessarily mean it's not the real user. It could be that the real user has gotten a new iPhone or has a new laptop, or maybe they moved and they're logging in from a new location. So you can't just, you know, put the brakes on there just because of that. Um, and that's, a big reason why I'm such a proponent on some of the newer technologies like Spec, our current as sponsor of the podcast, because they're able to show you the entire user journey from the moment someone logs into an account or actually just even joins a session. So you can see if they've tried to log in with multiple passwords. You can, and if they do, you can set up a workflow for that. If you see someone kind of sniffing around on a new device and just looking around and you know look doing a specific pattern throughout the account well then you can flag the account for that and maybe require a new password reset from the user 
There's a lot of, you know, specific workflows you can set up when you're able to see every single step that's made along the way throughout the user journey and not just a snapshot at the time of checkout or at the time of account login. So this article does say that a quick run through of the data tree does reveal an astoundingly large number of records compiled from previous breaches, including some of the ones that I just listed above. But the leak also includes records of various government organizations in the U.S., Brazil, Germany, Philippines, Turkey, and other countries. According to the research team, the consumer impact of the supermassive Moab could be unprecedented. Since many people reuse usernames and passwords, malicious actors could embark on a tsunami of credential stuffing attacks. If users use the same password for their Netflix account as they do their Gmail account, attackers can use this to pivot towards other more sensitive accounts. Apart from that, users whose data has been included in supermassive Moab may become victims of spear phishing attacks or receive high levels of spam emails, the researcher said. The leak scale is of yet unseen proportions. For example, in 2021, Cyber News reported a comb, which is a compilation of multiple data breaches that contained 3.2 billion records. And that's only 12% of the supermassive Moab of 2024. Uh, they then go on to say they're updating the cyber news data leak checker to include information from the Moab, which will allow users to see whether their data was included in the largest known data leak. Meanwhile, users are strongly advised to stay vigilant and take care of their cyber hygiene. Everyone must use strong, hard-to-guess passwords, enable multi-factor authentication on all important accounts, keep an eye for phishing and spear phishing attempts, check for password duplicates and immediately set up new protection for accounts that share the same passwords. These are all things that if you listen to Fraudology, you probably already do, or you certainly uh, know that it's important to do them. But this is one of those things that, you know, as people who are fraud fighters, as you are looking at daily traffic on your website or on your mobile banking or whatever it is, I really want you to be aware of all this information being out there. If you start to see a spike in credential stuffing attacks, if you start to see a spike in various different types of behavior, or if you know, you're hearing from customers or customer services saying that there are you know, an abnormal number of customers who are receiving phishing emails from your company or from your bank. These are all things to be aware of because it's probably pointed back to this breach or at least this exposure of all of this breached data and information. Because it's available open source, there's no telling how many fraudsters are going to find different ways to monetize all of these. And maybe it's not all of them, right? But maybe one group monetizes some of the credentials and another group monetizes another group. And then there's various overlaps. But it, a tsunami of credential stuffing is probably not an overstatement. Uh, especially with just the you know few reports I've gotten in, I mean, probably more than a handful of reports from some very reputable sources that credential stuffing is just going through the roof right now. And that's just the beginning. And I think it's important also to start to prepare your leadership with this information. Let them know that this is out there. Sometimes if you're able to say, hey, there's a new list out, sometimes your leadership will pay more attention. Uh, so if you you know, want to send a copy of or you know, a link to this article, I will post it in the show notes for you to share with your leadership and then remind them that credential stuffing is no joke. And even though the data breach 
you know, probably didn't happen on your site or have anything to do with your site. Customers don't understand that. They really only see it as a lack of security on your end. They're not going to say, oh, I used the same password for this account as I did my Tencent account or my LinkedIn account. So therefore, it's my fault that my, you know, ABC account or whatever, you know, uh, Merchant123 or Bank Z account was hacked, as they will call it. No, they're not going to claim that responsibility. They're not going to connect the dots to that. And so it is very important to not only ensure that you are investing in the best account security that you can, and unfortunately, not all account security protection is created equal, but that you are, you know, adding the layers that you need to or being able to include two-factor authentication, which although it's not foolproof, it's something, right? I always remember whenever I'm thinking of two-factor authentication, I always think of the conversation I had with Sid Shaw and how you know he really uh, picked apart two-factor authentication. And rightfully so. I mean, there are definitely some, it's not the end-all be-all, right? There are definitely some cracks in that foundation, but it's something. And it's something that can be helpful to put a stop in the tracks of the fraudsters. Another one for e-commerce is if you allow your customers to make purchases on cards on file to require them to re-enter the CVV2, the last three digits on the back of the card, or to re-enter the entire card number, something like that. Um, especially if they are updating an address or updating an email address and then making a large dollar purchase that's out of the norm, those type of things. So being able to study the behavior of credential stuffing attacks and then what your good customers look like is going to be a really good strategy. It's also important to you know look at new technology to be able to identify newer attacks. A lot of these things will probably be done via bots. These AIO bots, these all-in-one bots are pretty gnarly. And I actually have a guest coming on the podcast for pretty soon in the next week or two uh, to talk more about them and talk about the fact that there are a lot of bot detection companies that are viewing these as humans because they're passing all of the bot detection tests for a lot of existing technology that exists. But these aren't humans, so they're able to scale very quickly. They're able to do credential stuffing attacks and just look like it's you know a regular human and not a bot doing them. And just as you are trying to kind of batten down the hatches and make sure that you're able to you know look at your alerts and know you know, when to be able to identify a spike that you may be suffering a higher credential stuffing attack or other types of attacks based on this massive data breach and these records getting out. Like I said, it's also equally important for you to be laying the groundwork with your leadership, to be sharing with them that, you know, you have credential stuffing attacks, to provide as much data as possible, to provide examples of what happens to companies when there are credential stuffing attacks. In addition to the iconic in Australia, you can add the 23andMe incident from just a couple of weeks ago. It turns out that that was a credential stuffing attack, even though the first few headlines said it was a data breach. Another good example that consumers and media don't know the difference. They just see it as a breach in your, or maybe not a breach in your security, but a lack of security on your end if accounts are being accessed on your site or with your financial institution. So this episode is a little bit shorter than others um, because honestly, I just wanted to get on here and just talk about this specific attack. I think it's worth just focusing on. There were a couple of smaller fraud stories I considered sharing, but I think this one deserves everyone's attention the most. So uh, like I said, I will 
include a link to this story in the show notes. There are plenty of other stories about this mother of all breaches in the headlines. And I hope that this extra information is helpful. With that, I'm going to leave you for this episode. But I look forward to speaking with you again next week. And I'll talk to you then. again to Sardine for sponsoring this episode of Fraudology and for supporting information sharing and collaboration across the fraud fighter ecosystem. You can learn more about the team and their mission at Sardine via the link in today's episode description.